And Lord, there's times that I do have the faith of a mustard seed because your word says that you give me a measure of faith and that you've prepared me for this moment and that you have set me in a position to say to this mountain to move. And so I tell the mountain to move, but why is it it doesn't move? Why is it that even though I have faith and I'm saying to the mountain to move, is it not moving? Is it lack of faith on my end? Or is there something wrong with me? Or is there something wrong with the situation? Why is it that there are times that the mountain doesn't move? Hi, I'm Lori Harp, and this is my podcast. Like most women, I wear many hats. I am a nurse, a wife, a mother, a friend, an encourager, but most importantly, I am a child of the Most High God. For many years, I believed the struggles I faced were because I was doing something wrong. I would hate myself for not being perfect. Then one day, someone told me God loves me where I am. Yes, we all face struggles and we all have things to overcome, but with God, all things are possible. In this podcast, I want to unpack the many issues facing women today. There is nothing in this life, no mistake, no flaw, no scar that is too much for God. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, let's discuss real life issues through the lens of God's love. Get ready, let's harp on it. Hey guys, welcome back to Harp On It Podcast. I hope you guys all had a great break and a great Christmas and a happy new year. Christmas was a little bit different this year. Our traditions are a little bit different. As my kids are growing older, I have found it a little bit strange. I find that all of the chaos and the craziness going into Christmas Eve has kind of been similar But this year, I really wanted to take the time to really spend time just enjoying each other. And so we kind of did a little bit of a pivot this year. And we really spent time this Christmas Eve just enjoying each other and playing games rather than just spending 10 or 15 minutes ripping apart all of the Christmas presents. And y'all, I have to say that Christmas Eve this year was absolutely a blast. John and I were able to take off and go celebrate his birthday this year. We were able to take a little trip down to San Antonio and just really reconnect and decompress a little bit. Sometimes the chaos of the holidays just is a bit overwhelming. It was really nice to just kind of step away and just be with just John and just get reset, ready to tackle the new year. That being said, I'm a little bit overwhelmed this year, kind of going into this year. Not so much with what is going on as much as I am wondering exactly what it is that God has planned with this year. I find that if I'm being really honest and really transparent, there's a lot of times that I feel like God gives me a vision or an indication of what it is he wants me to be doing. 
and I really get excited about what it is that I feel like God is moving in an area and how he's moving in that area. And I really want him to go from inception to fruition quickly. The truth is, I don't like the waiting time. I don't like the time from getting the vision to fruition. I really want it to be like Mach 12 with my hair on fire right away. And it's hard for me to lean into that waiting time. I know there's purpose in the waiting room, but it's not always an easy place for me to be. So this week, as I was preparing for the podcast, I really was praying about it and I kept asking the Lord, you know, Lord, the word says that if I have the faith of a mustard seed, that if I say to this mountain, be thou removed, the mountain will be cast into the sea. And Lord, there's times that I do have the faith of a mustard seed because your word says that you give me a measure of faith. And that you've prepared me for this moment and that you have set me in a position to say to this mountain to move. And so I tell the mountain to move, but why is it it doesn't move? Why is it that even though I have faith and I'm saying to the mountain to move, is it not moving? Is it lack of faith on my end or is there something wrong with me or is there something wrong with the situation? Why is it that there are times that the mountain doesn't move? And what I found was there are times that despite how I feel and despite how eager I am in tackling the next big whatever it is, I may not really be as prepared or as ready as I think I am. Now, one of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This is one of my favorite verses because it is so comforting to me to know that God truly wants to do good things for me and he has no desire to cause bad things in my life. So I can comfortably sit back in his plan knowing that he is going to do good things with my life. It does still take faith to sit in the moment and to sit in his plan. And I'm not saying that it's easy for me to do, especially as a self-proclaimed control freak. It's hard for me to let go of what I want when I want and agree to sit in the fact that God has a plan and a purpose for my life and allow that to take place, and allow things to happen in his time. I find that when I let go, and I allow God's plan to work through my life, 
that things run much smoother than when I try to manipulate or maneuver my plan into what I think should happen and then ask God to bless the situation, that never really works well from what I have experienced. What I find is that I always end up doing what God wants me to do anyways. It's whether I'm going to do it the easy way or the hard way. Meaning, if I agree to do what God wants me to do in the first place, it's much easier than if I do things in my own way and then go through the struggles, whatever it is, and then at the end of it, just give up and say, okay, God, I'll do it your way. I still end up doing things his way either way. And so what I've learned over time is that if I will just stop fighting against what God's plan is and let go and let him lead, then the path or the walk going that direction becomes easier. Easier in that it's easier to follow his lead if I'm not fighting against it. Think about when your kids are little or or when you were a little kid and your mom is trying to take you somewhere or your dad is trying to take you somewhere like walking across the street and you're trying to fight against them. It's much harder to walk next to them than if you just relent and let them lead you where they're going to go. It doesn't mean that the journey becomes less difficult. It just means that it's easier to follow in their footsteps. When we allow God to lead our life and allow him to lead us through wherever it is we're going, it doesn't mean the journey is necessarily less difficult. It just means it's easier to follow their footsteps. I would like to take a look at a story in the Bible. It's one of my truly one of my favorite characters only because he has such tremendous growth in a pretty short time, but he goes through so much in a short period of time that it's not surprising that he has so much growth, and that is Joseph. Um, Joseph, you find this story in Genesis roughly from chapter 37 to about 41, 42. So Joseph is the son of Jacob and Rachel. So remember Jacob fell in love with Rachel, but in order to marry Rachel, he had to make a deal with Laban, Rachel's father, and he had to also marry Leah. Now there was quite an ordeal with him having an heir with Rachel, and he had several sons with Leah before he finally got a son with Rachel. And the first son that he had with Rachel was Joseph. So Joseph is really the apple of Jacob's eye because he is the heir or the child of the love of his life. So because of that, he is the youngest son of 12 sons, and he is not the firstborn, but in 
Jacob's eye, he is really the firstborn because in Jacob's eyes, Rachel was really his only wife because he really only wanted to marry Rachel. He just had to pick up Leah along the way as a side deal in order to get Rachel as his wife. And so when he, we go into this story, there is a tremendous amount of animosity and albeit hatred between all of Joseph's other brothers and Joseph. Joseph is the favorite child. He is the youngest child. He is coddled by his father. He is kept at home and schooled at home while all the other brothers are forced to go out and tend sheep and do hard labor. And so there is a tremendous amount of dissension between these brothers. So as we come into this uh, story in the beginning of 37, uh, chapter 37, we see Joseph is probably in his teens. We're probably thinking about 17. And Joseph has had a couple of dreams. And in these dreams, um, Joseph is uh, being, uh, in the dream, he is is being worshipped or um, bowed down to by his family in the dreams. And so he is very excited about these dreams. He wants to go and tell everybody about these dreams because in dreams he's all that in a bag of chips. And he knows that these dreams have come from God, but he doesn't really know exactly how to take this dream because although it comes from God and it is prophetic, Joseph is very young and very immature. And so he goes and brags to his brother, which is kind of like pouring gasoline on the fire, so to say. So we, we find this is the beginning of this process. And so Joseph it goes out to his brothers and he tells his brothers, hey, I had a dream. And in my dream, we were out cutting sheaves. And one of the sheaves raised up much higher than the other ones and the other 11 sheaves um, were lower than the others. And so then the brothers looked at Joseph and so, so what you're saying is that you're going to rule over us and I imagine that Joseph kind of looked at him and snickered and said, yeah, that's what it, that's what I'm hearing is that God's saying that I'm going to rule over all of you, which just angered the brothers. So the brothers go back out about their their business and the brothers kind of do whatever the brothers want to do. They don't do what they're supposed to do. They're kind of up to no good. They don't do what they're supposed to do. I suspect that Joseph is a little bit of a tattletale. Um, just from reading between the lines, it seems like maybe he's a bit of a mama's boy. Joseph also has this coat of many colors. Um, this coat of many colors indicates that his father Jacob loves him um, and that he wears this coat of many colors, maybe just to kind of taunt his brothers a little bit. It shows that he is maybe in line for the inheritance over the rest of his other brothers. And he kind of wears it a little bit like a banny rooster would kind of prance around the barnyard, just showing his ability to be the the head of the whole barnyard and that he was all that in a bag of chips and that he is the the one to be messed with. And so 
Joseph is kind of wearing this coat of many colors, just kind of taunting his brothers. Well, in the next couple of days, in the next couple of uh, verses, you read another um, dream that Joseph has. And in this dream, there's um, 11 stars and there's a moon and a sun. And the moon and the sun represent um, Leah and Ra- the moon represents Leah and Rachel. And the sun represents uh, Jacob. And the moon and the sun and the stars all bow down to Joseph. And in at the end of him telling this dream, Jacob rebukes Joseph and tells Joseph, stop telling these dreams. They're foolish. And how dare you say that we're all going to bow down and worship you? You're ridiculous, and now I need you to go tell your brothers who are doing what they're not supposed to be doing to go and tend the sheep where they're supposed to be tending the sheep. And so Jacob sends Joseph out to do probably a task that Joseph doesn't really want to do and kind of sets Joseph up as the bad guy. If we were in modern times, it would be equivalent of you sending one of your kids to tell the other kid that dad said you're in trouble. So Joseph goes and does what he's supposed to do. But when he's on his way, the brothers see him from far away and the brothers plot to kill him. And one of the brothers who happens to be the oldest brother's name is Reuben. Reuben says, we can't kill him, but there's this cistern. Cistern is a fancy name for well. It happens to be um, empty and there's no water in it. So Reuben says, let's put him in the cistern. And Reuben has intentions of going back and getting Joseph out of the cistern and rescuing him later. But while he's gone, a tribes comes by and they have silver and spices and all sorts of things. And so the other brothers decide to sell Joseph into slavery. And so they sell Joseph into slavery when Reuben comes back to rescue him. He says, what have you done? What are we going to tell Jacob, the father? And so they come up with a plan to dip the coat of many colors in ram's blood and tell the father that um, Joseph is dead. And so they do so. The father rents his clothes and puts on sackcloth and ashes and mourns the death of his beloved son, Joseph. And Joseph is taken off into slavery. Now, while Joseph is in slavery, he has favor with God and he is put in the house of a man called Potiphar. Potiphar is one of the chiefs in the court of the Pharaoh and um, Joseph finds favor with Potiphar and he is made high in his um, court. And so he becomes one of the main um, caretakers of his household and he's free to move about and um, Potiphar's wife finds Joseph very attractive. Potiphar's wife makes advances on Joseph. Joseph refuses the advances. And then um, Potiphar's wife again makes an advance on Joseph. And Joseph again refuses her. Only this time um, she accuses Joseph and brings the uh, accused to Potiphar. And Potiphar has Joseph thrown in prison. Now, um, when Joseph gets thrown in prison... Then um, while Joseph is in prison, he has favor with 
um, the the prison and he is made um a head guard head um caretaker or head guard there and is allowed to help with uh caretaking and he has favor with them and while he is there um there are two prisoners that come in the chief butler and the baker who both work for the pharaoh um those both those people both two of those people have dreams the chief butler and he comes to joseph and says he has a dream joseph interprets that dream and in that interpretation he tells the chief butler that he is going to um be uh forgiven of his grievance and he's going to be released from the prison and in fact that all comes to pass and when he leaves the prison joseph tells the butler don't forget me but the butler leaves the prison and and doesn't say anything to Pharaoh about Joseph. And then the baker, who was also in the prison, thinks, oh, well, this is all good. This Everything good happened when Joseph interprets the dream. So he asks Joseph to interpret his dream. Well, he does not fare as well, and he ends up killed. And... um long story short um joseph ends up staying in prison for two years and then the pharaoh has a dream and no one can interpret the dream so the pharaoh calls his sorcerers together and calls many people together calls um wizards and etc etc and no one can turn interpret the dream and all of a sudden the butler remembers that joseph was able to interpret his dream and he calls for joseph he goes to the pharaoh and tells the pharaoh about joseph and then um, they call for joseph and joseph comes comes before the pharaoh when Joseph comes before the Pharaoh, he tells the Pharaoh that the only reason that he can interpret the dream is because of God Almighty. So I want you to see something really quick. Joseph at 17 in front of his brothers when he has the dream and the interpretation of the dream and understands that his brothers and his parents are going to bow down before him and he understands the interpretation of the dream and what it means. But he doesn't have the maturity to understand what all that means or to know that that came from God and what to do with it. But after going through all of these different things, he gets to a point where he realizes that the only reason he has the interpretation of the dream is because of God's gifting to him. And so it's not because Joseph is all that in a bag of chips. It's because God's anointing is upon him and because God has gifted him with the gifts that he has given him. And so then Joseph gives honor to God and brings glory to God. And so you see the maturity that has come about because of where he has been and what God has brought him through and how Joseph has learned who God was and who God is by where he has walked and how God has protected him and protected him and protected him and protected him. So when it came time for Joseph to be where he was supposed to be, he knew who God was and he could step into his position that he was always supposed to be in and where he was called to be. But now he understood who he was with God. 
And so sometimes when that mountain doesn't move, it's because we have to get to where we understand who we are in Christ in order to operate where we need to be. Joseph didn't understand when he was a young lad what he was or who he was in Christ. He didn't understand that relationship with God until he had gone through all of the season with God to see how God was faithful and how God moved in his life and how he rescued him and and provided for him and provided for him and provided for him so that when he got to the point where God was ready to use him, he was truly prepared for the moment. Now, the rest of the story goes that Joseph was promoted to the position that was right below the Pharaoh. And Joseph was promoted to a position where he was able to save and create um, a plan so that they were able to set aside grain for the entire world or the world that was known at that time. And so they set aside storage for seven years of famine that was coming. And they knew all of that was coming because of the dream that the Lord gave the Pharaoh. And then the interpretation that the Lord gave Joseph so that he could be promoted to be able to save the world at that time. But what I want you to see, which is just a little bit more important than than just saving the world at that time, was the preservation of the legacy or the bloodline that the Messiah was coming through. Because God honored Joseph so much with his obedience to him that he allowed him to be a participant in the bloodline that the Messiah was coming through. He allowed him to be a participant in the protection of that bloodline. If Joseph had not stepped into the position that he was supposed to step into, and the famine had come, and the provision had not been made, and the entire area had been wiped out, that bloodline could have been destroyed. But because that was not destroyed, Joseph's lineage was preserved. And because Joseph's lineage was preserved, Messiah came and Jesus was born of that lineage. And do you guys see this picture of how God allowed Joseph to be a participant in the bloodline that the Messiah was coming through? What an honor and a privilege to be part of the very line that Messiah was coming out of. And God took that young little punk that didn't understand who he was or where he was going or understand the value of what God was saying to him or what the calling was on his life. But he took him from that point 
walked him through seasons and changes and walked with him and groomed him and changed him and grew him to where he became the man that God called him to be, to step into the anointing. So then when it was time for the mountain to move, he was prepared and he was ready to be the participant of what God called him to be. Sometimes those mountains don't move until the time is right. I pray that you are able to step into the proper timing and rest in his time and his plan and his purpose. I pray that you have a great week and that you are blessed coming and going. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a great week. I love you. Thank y'all so much for tuning in today. If you want to stay in the know for all things Harp Ministries, check out our website at harpministries.org. In there, you'll see the latest episodes of Harp On It, upcoming events, and our newly released book entitled, How Can I Leap Tall Buildings When I Can't Get My Tights On? Thank you again for tuning in today. See y'all next week.